You've landed on the podcast, A Legion of Women with Pamela Hackett and Bronwyn Covel. We're on a mission to create exactly that, a legion of women who are inspired by other women. So join us, hear our stories. We'd love to hear from you as well. Our website is allegionofwomen.com. And thanks for tuning in to A Legion of Women. I'm here with Bronwyn Covell, the Dynamo female founder of uh, Enrise Need a Tutor and uh, and a whole bunch of other things that she does that you'll pick up throughout these episodes. And then myself, Pamela Hackett. Today, we are going to have a chat about a really interesting concept globally that, of course, in Australia, everybody knows about, um, and that's tall poppy syndrome. And I had the uh, really interesting pleasure of attending Women of Influence um, and a breakfast session with them um, just, I think it was the week before International Women's Day, Bronwyn. Um, and so I thought we could kick off and kind of chat about that for a little bit. But- International Women's Day, interesting. We got, we got a little bit of, um, yeah, a lot of discussion down here about it. Um, I actually didn't go to any events. I, I did go to one afterwards, um, a couple of weeks afterwards, actually. Uh, and the reason why was because we seem to be obsessed with breakfast events here. Uh, maybe from a business perspective, it's easier to attend a breakfast event. But as many women would know, it's very difficult to get to a breakfast event, especially when you have children. And, uh, you know, school drop offs still happen and, uh, you know, daycare. And so, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of women saying um, it was really difficult for them to get to any event because it was being held at uh, at breakfast time. So I thought that was an interesting side note. I'm going to sound like your 18-year-old <laughs> daughter and go, oh, my God, I am suddenly feeling like the absolute ignorant you know, childless woman that I am because I never thought of that. And you're right, it is all breakfast events. I went to them. I mean, I went to probably about a half a dozen different international women's events um, in Toronto and and did some online, um, you know, dialing into them around the world. I never thought about that. You're right, it is all breakfasts. Um, interesting point. So, you know, big, big reminder for next year. And actually, I'm, I'm about to set up a breakfast at my house to talk about solutions to some of the problems that women talked about on International Women's Day. And I was going to do a breakfast. Maybe I need to do an end of day um, or a lunch. You know, or yeah, I mean, end of day. Yeah, would be the oh, same well, problem, early right? end of day. I think you know, if you could do something into maybe the early evening, it works for a lot of mums because then they can, you know, get their kids home and get them sorted. Um, lunch would be better, but of course, from a business perspective, that becomes difficult. So it, that's understandable. The other thing uh, I wanted to raise with you was the um, uh, they were calling it Cupcake Day here in Australia, which. Again, a very disparaging term for International oh. Women's Day. And, that, of course, that comes from the um, tokenistic side of uh, International Women's Day, which was, you know, baking cupcakes and bringing them into work. And that, there's our celebration. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that, Pam? Oh, I do, you know, where you, I, I think you'll know what my answer is going to be and that's you can put your, you know, shove your cupcake where the sun doesn't shine. Um, I mean, you can't get more derogatory than that and and you can't 
piss off enough women, you know, who really don't um, enjoy that that kind of, as you say, tokenism at all. Um, yeah, I, I just think put it where the sun doesn't shine. I don't need your cupcakes. And, and frankly, I don't need to be empowered either. I am empowered. I have all the power I need. What I need is your support, is your actions. Um, more than anything, I need your behaviours to be the right behaviours so that the next generation of women coming through will be successful. I mean, you know, I talk about female funding all the time and that, you know, one mm. point, what is it, 1.9% go to all female groups. That's what's got to change. You don't need to empower. There's a bucket load of women out there who are pitching for money every single freaking day, but they're not getting the money. And they don't, they don't need your freaking cupcakes. What they need is your funding and your right, the right behaviours. They need you to stop, you know, doing all of that crappy um, stuff that happens still every day. Uh, and I think, yeah, so did you want to get me well, excited I, about I, that? I, I knew that would get you going and I'm like, <laughs> I'm cheering from the sidelines here because uh, I, I, I love it when I can, you know, just throw a grenade in there and uh, and off you go, which is amazing. But I'd like to know, you were saying you, ha you were having a breakfast to talk about what came out of IWD. So to, uh, what, what came out of that, Pam? Yeah, so so why don't I rewind for a second and, and tell you my experience with um, with uh, with the whole lead up to and the the day and week of of International Women's Day. You know, um, I started by going to uh, uh, this tall poppy um, syndrome breakfast that talked about the concept of tall poppy. So, um, and I didn't know this, but apparently it's not a familiar term in the rest of the world. So we Aussies know what tall poppy is, and here I am, you know, living in in Canada and being away from Australia for the last 30 years, who knew that nobody else in the world apparently knows what tall puppy is. So just to be clear what that is, it's when you cut down the guy who's doing well, you know, guy, girl, whoever. It's it's when you, um, you know, don't show the courtesy of feeling great about somebody else being successful and instead you you know, chop them down at the knees. And and that's what the tall poppy syndrome was all about. So the Women of Influence actually did a survey of about 4,500 women before the, and there might have been some guys in there, but before International Women's Day just to see uh, what was going on in the world. And 86, but just to, you know, give you a stat, but 86.8% .8 of respondents um, have experienced tall poppy syndrome in some way. Um, and the majority of them were women who felt they, they were getting um, undermined essentially by men. Um, and so it's a really, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's something that's quite prevalent um, all over the place. And the main things that they experienced was, you know, downplaying their achievement, being left out or ignored, being undermined, as I said, um, dismissal of their achievements and and other people taking credit um, for things that they had done. You know, those are just a couple of the examples. And it was it was a really interesting meeting to there was, I think, about 100 women in the room who listened um, to the findings of this survey. And, I mean, I did like the fact that they um, finished it by talking about, you know, solutions and it was very much around bringing awareness to it and transparency in the workplace and so on. And, and I think that's a, a really good start. I don't think it's enough, but it's certainly a very good start. Um, but 
but then so that was that was brilliant um but then fast forward uh into it into the rest of the time leading up to international women's and the day and the week and what i did find is there was a lot of what i would deem to to, and I'm going to say this and it's going to piss off some women out there, but I'd say there was a lot of bitching about how bad things are for women. And and I don't under underplay that at all because I, I think that it is pretty rough. And those stats, 1.9% funding to women, that just tells you everything. There's, you know, you don't even need to go further than that to see how the world is today. Um, but what I do have a problem with is not enough time being spent on solutions and how we can make the world a better place for the next generation, but also, you know, start mm. chipping away at it today. Mm. And it's all about behaviour. You know, it's all about uh, the concept for me is about buy-in to women, you know. But anyway, before I, you know, go off on a rant again, I'll stop and, you know, that concept of tall poppy, did it, has it come up oh, all yeah. in Australia? It, it, well, it's alive and well here. It has been for, you know, f- for generations. And we used to talk about it a lot in relation to um, successful uh, actors, actresses, singers here, you know, as soon as they become successful, everybody's criticising them for something. Um, and uh, I think it's it's quite prevalent in, uh, as it is everywhere in the world, um, with women, particularly successful women. Um, and you know what, Pam, I've got to be honest with you, I think that the, the biggest thing we can do right now uh, and the biggest change we can make collectively is exactly what you said before, women supporting women, and I mean actively supporting women, like going out of your way to buy products, buy services, engage women, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, men. Now, I, I don't say that in a discriminatory way, but I do think that women are our own worst enemy sometimes. Um, we have an element of jealousy, I think, that, that males don't seem to have. And I, I see it all the time. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's an inherent thing or whether it's got something to do with, you know, hunters and gatherers and I don't know. But women tend to uh, become quite jealous of other women who may seem successful or may be doing well and don't buy into that. And I, I can't understand for the life of me why you would do that, but it just seems to happen all the time. Um and I think if we could just change that, just that one that one behaviour, which is, uh, you know, if I'm looking for funding, I'm going to go to an organisation that is has women funders. I'm not going to go to an organisation that has males in it. That's that's my contribution of I want women supporting me, so I'm going to go and, and, and find those women. Uh, I'm going to buy products from, you know, female-founded organisations. Uh, I'm going to assist with female startups. I mean, that's... That's how I can do it as an individual. And I think just think if we could do that collectively and we could do that globally, what a huge shift that would make just in um, female supporting supporting women, tangibly supporting women around the world. Yeah, I agree, 100% agree. I, um, you know, that concept of buy-in to women is, is my big tagline at the moment. Every time I see something that is female-focused, um, and they're looking to get, you know, some attention and some spotlight on it, I, I have to just share it and say buy into women. Um, and, and, and I think it is a case of buying their books, buying their movies, you know, reading their content, uh, making sure that you're showing up 
to those female events. Um, you know, just just making sure it is. It's making sure that you're doing that extra effort to highlight this is a woman, this is a woman-led business, this is a woman-led event, you know, whatever it is, um, and and buy into them. And then share it, make sure everybody knows, you know, things like it's. I, I was thrilled to see how many women um, shared the fact that my book's gone on to the bestseller. Um, I do find, you know, now I'm going to upset a couple of, of my Australian um, friends, but I did, having travelled the world as much as I have, um, I do find that Australia is is a is a little bit more in that you know women, women not supporting women. I've I felt more uncomfortable in that part of the world when I worked there than I did in any other country. And so who knows you know what the real stats are, um, but certainly from an experience perspective, I'd say Australia is up there with with um, a lower level of feeling of that support um and and that's you know i haven't worked there in a number of years so i I would hope that it's changed it doesn't sound like it has too much canada i've found not too bad actually i've found um women to be a lot more supportive in this country of one another um than i've seen in other places britain uh uh, some different experiences there that we can talk about another time and, and you know get into some more specifics but um but this whole concept of tall poppy um i thought was really interesting that a it, it wasn't that known um in in the canadian market which is you know where i went to the meeting um but b that it's still out there and you just you know that that um that it's still happening with such um such volume I'd say when I sat in that room I was blown away with how many examples from so many people and in this survey that um, I mean it was really specific some of the examples were down to almost naming people you know it was so um, very specific about about how how women are undermined particularly in the workplace Um, and and there was a lot of a lot of sighing in the room and, and, you know, almost shock and horror at um, this level of, of negativity around it. So kind of, you know, you hold that thought, I would love to spend time switching gears with women and really looking at what the solutions are and then starting to do something about that, you know, putting in place some of the things that we talk about, um, no matter how small, um, you know, whether it's going and doing doing um, chats at local schools and helping kids recognise what, you know, what a tall poppy, what tall poppy syndrome is and when they're doing it, male or female. Um, you know, just I just think there's so many things that you could do to, to start to actually get into solution mode and I'd like to see that solution mode happen a lot more because I was overwhelmed with, and maybe it is just that the pandemic, people are tired, they've, you know, they've been dumped on from a million different places and they're under such pressure that it has caused a lot of women to, to voice um, their disappointment in a lot of what's happening around them and happening to them um, and they need to have that voice and they need to let that out so you know I, I don't want to underplay that but I do want to get into solution mode so yeah I you know and now now that we talked about <laughs> not doing breakfast I'll switch it from breakfast to lunch or something but I thought you, you know you've seen I live on the lake so I thought rather than getting a bunch of people into a into a restaurant or a, into a hotel or a meeting room or something I'd just invite a bunch 
of women to come join me at my home, sit on the, you know, in front of the lake and have some brainstorming around what do you do to solve these So I, I know that tall poppy is actually an Australian term, isn't it? It originated in Australia. And do you know how it originated? Yeah. <laughs> I think it has I do it goes not. back to 1800s and uh, from what I understand, um, poppies all grow at the same level and poppies is a, obviously a flower. And what they used to do was if any of the poppies grew any taller than the others, they would chop them down to size. So it's cutting cutting someone down to size so that they fit in <laughs> with everyone else around them. So um, I, I think that's where it originated. Um, and so tell me something. Why do you think, and you're absolutely right, I think, I wouldn't know about international. I'm not. I'm not global enough to to see what happens in other countries. But certainly, tall poppy syndrome is very prevalent here, particularly among pe- females against females. So, why do you think that that is? Why do you think Australia lends itself to that more than what you've seen around the world? Oh, good question, eh? Really good question. You know, um, I wonder what the the reason is. Um, a couple of thoughts come to mind right away, and that's that if you think about that whole macho male environment that used to be spoken about Australia all the time, I, I don't see that as much now as I, uh, you know, as as it was talked about back in in the day type thing. Um, but I wonder if some of it is just simply that culture and environment really caused women to feel that they had to protect themselves and they didn't want to um, have other other women really stand out ahead of them um, because of that whole cultural environment it's a you know it feels like it, it's almost a competitive thing um, and you know and there's a I think there's a lot of people out there who still spend a lot of time comparing themselves to somebody else uh, which is such a shame it's such a, a negative you know I'm a big believer in that that wonderful phrase that says the only person you should compare yourself to is is the person you were yesterday and are you doing you know better different are you wiser? than that person um, that you were. Um, and and so, you know, so maybe it is that whole comparison thing. Well, I don't know. I'm, what, I'm just thinking what about what you're saying and I, I'm looking at the next generation of, of, of girls, of females here, and I think they've got an added complexity of the fact that there's social media now, which is, is by definition just a comparison to other people, you know, highlight reels and, you know, how people look and, 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 and thinking you know what, how good their lives are because of what they're posting on social media. And, it, and and for me, I think it can only make things worse for our next generation of women because they are always comparing themselves to an, un, an unrealistic expectation because social media is seen as, you yeah. know, the truth. And I, yeah, and, and I constantly tell my daughter this because she's obviously like any 18 year old on social media constantly and looking at girls and looking at women and what they're posting. And now they've got apparently TikTok has some, um, a filter that, you know, makes you look 10 times better than you really are. And so, of course, they're comparing themselves to, to unrealistic <laughs> expectations and, and, and wondering oh. why they don't look like that or they don't have a life like that person. And I just think it's really, um, it's and and it's pitting women against women because I don't see her being jealous of a man because of yeah. what he did or a boy. It's it's against you know look at that yeah. girl, look what she looks like, look what she's wearing, look how gorgeous she is, look at um you know her life, and I 
I just think to myself, I can't see how that can make things better for our next generation of women. You know, it's it's reminding me of, um, and not that I think celebrity is the answer, but the more that you can see, I think, women who are established, who are um, confident, you know, and, and, and really enjoying their lives in their own skin, the more we can get those women to talk about, um, about their faults, about their failures, you know, to show up without the makeup and without the filters. Well, sorry, I've got to jump in stuff. here because you've just reminded um, me. Um, I, I watched Ooh. 60 Minutes the other night here in Australia and I don't know if you had it there, but they actually talked about uh, two famous women over 50 that, you know, were invisible after 50, which I think we all recognise that that <laughs> actually happens. Um, and they had a, a in-depth interview with Paulina Poroskova, who was my all-time favourite um, ah. uh, supermodel. Back in the eighties, I don't know. You, Linda, I'm yeah. sure we used to yeah. absolutely love looking at Sports Illustrated and, and picking. Yeah. Up. So she, I don't know if you follow her, but I follow her on Instagram. She is a drop dead gorgeous 57 year old ex model who still looks amazing, but has not had any enhancements whatsoever. Her hair is grey. Uh, she has clearly had no Botox. She clearly has had no plastic surgery, and she is on a real crusade to show that women of that age are still relevant and that uh, and can still make a contribution. And the other person who thoroughly impressed me, who I don't follow but I will now, is Justine Bateman, if you remember her from, um, yeah, and she's oh, yeah, now in, in the film industry but behind the scenes and, again, talks about the fact that the first thing yeah. uh, that, that she found when she Googled her name was how old does Justine Bateman look? Because she didn't look like she did when she was twenty one, and 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 in that uh, the sitcom with uh, Michael J. Fox, yeah. and um, they just it was a it was a great piece speaking to them about how they just felt that uh, you know women are uh, uh, underestimate themselves, and also the pressure on women as they get older to try and keep looking younger, and 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 the rhetoric that goes around that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. I mean, we, you know, we've. I'm sure you feel like it. I'm. I feel like it. You know, I look in the mirror and think, "Holy crap! What happened? <laughs> what happened there?" Um, you know, and and geez, I'd want to be uh, 20 years younger. It's never going to happen. But it, it's, but, it's, but isn't it? You really do have to. Yeah, but isn't it sad that it. we think that way? I don't think many men look in the mirror and say to themselves, "I'm getting yes. older," and you know, this is a problem, and and it's going to it's going to. Uh, not afford me certain um, privileges anymore. Yeah. Oh, hell no. They will look in the mirror and see George Clooney, um, you know, and bless them, bless them, you know, and that's how we need to be. It is. But I think, um, I don't know what the solution is, but I do think we need to get into the schools and have, you know, you've got to have some, it's it's like I'm, I'm going to be speaking at um, Western University and my whole conversation there is about lead real. And I think you've got to have the same with kids. You know, it's it's be real about this stuff, you know, and 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 recognise that there is no perfection out there, that, that these beautiful girls, they are all all doing their filters and you know and that everyone does have their own their own uh, beauty and so on but I think you've got to get into the schools and and get with these kids early um you know and teach them and help them understand and see the world through a, a different lens yeah it's a tough one I don't I, I don't know the solution but geez I'm glad I'm not a kid 
um, no, in today's I, world, it, I wouldn't survive. Yeah, it's horrendous. You know, you've got being, to have being that. A, a teenage female, so, and and I, I I mean that from you know twelve years and above. It's um, it's so pervasive, so pervasive. And I'm um, you know, I've been I've yeah. lived through that with my daughter and. Um, I guess I was lucky because she probably got on the tail end of it, but there are, you know, kids 12 to 15, 16, right in the thick of things right now. You know, you've got the Kardashians out there and, you know, um, supposed role models and it's just um, it's hard to get them to see that, you know, there's more important things than being attractive, that, you know, brains and, and, and empathy and Hard work still accounts for a lot. Um, anyway, we could go on forever, but I think I'm looking at the time there and thinking we're sort of running out. We could. Yeah. My fiction book, I've got this phrase in it, TikTok time's up. Um, and so that's where we're at. Yes. Yeah. So great yeah, talking great to, to you. Wishing you a fabulous uh, week in Melbourne. You're heading into winter. Yeah. Well, autumn, we call right? Autumn, you call we're in fall. fall. We are, and we're having that real, um, that interesting time where you'll get, uh, a very very hot day which we did last Sunday in fact it was one of the hottest days we've had in months uh, and literally the next day we we're in puffer jackets so then it's freezing and, yeah. then, and then the sun's freezing. out today but you know there's yeah, showers yeah. coming and yeah so it's a real it's a real mixed bag which I love I think it's great to not really know what's coming up in the next 24 hours and uh, dressing too. accordingly I agree welcome to Toronto that's exactly what much is in Toronto hot and cold and rainy or snowy or sunshine you get everything yeah I love it okay well it's fabulous to talk to you for those who are listening we're a legion of women Bromwyn Cobble super duper founder female founder wish I wouldn't have to say female founder but it is so important um, and myself Pam Hackett Pamela Hackett um, used to be a CEO of a publicly traded company and now enjoying a different kind of life at the back end of my career. So uh, interesting chat, um, e- interesting chatting each week about different subjects given where we sit today. Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Bronwyn. See you again and uh, look forward to catching up next time. <laughs>